good Thursday afternoon to everyone. Uh, it's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG. Welcome to another edition of Sideline Junkies Thursday Night Throwdown. Uh, a lot of news on the table today. Not gonna be here long. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. That's our full live audience. Uh, not gonna be here long. But just had to put this out there. Had to get some content out today. But we got a lot of news. Uh, should be joined by the man of the hour, Delonte, in a little bit. But Urban Meyer, Urban freaking Meyer, is your new head coach of <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, for those of you that are uninitiated, Urban Meyer has coached at Bowling Green, uh, Utah, won two Mountain West conferences in Utah. Uh, then he moved from Utah to Florida, won two national championships in Florida in 2006 and 2008. Moved on to Ohio State, won national championship in 2014 there. Uh, he retired. Uh, at the end of the 2018 season after the Fiesta Bowl, I believe it was the Fiesta Bowl, and went to TV. Um, he brings his spread offense to Jacksonville. And, you know, head coaching record overall, he's 187-32 and 32 in 17 years. Let me see, 2001, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. He missed 11, 16 years. In 16 years... Uh, 187 and 32. Not a bad thing. Uh, runs a spread offense, loves a mobile quarterback. Um, a lot of upside, and he's coached a lot of good quarterbacks. I'm not gonna say any of them are great because, uh, you know, a lot of them the jury's still out. Alex Smith is one, he coached him at Utah, he coached uh, Dwayne Haskins, we know here in DC. Uh, Dwayne Haskins was the number 15 overall pick in 2019. Uh, he coached Cam Newton at Florida. He coached uh, Tim Tebow. You know, he had a, a, a squad in Florida that produced a lot of NFL talent. Um, He coached, uh, I said Cardell Jones, JT Barrett, um Haskins I believe he I don't think he coached Troy Smith I think Troy Smith was gone by the time he hit Ohio State but he also coached Joe Barrow at Ohio State um he coached a lot of decent quarterbacks throughout his tenure as a uh college coach but now here's the question and this is the question I had whenever a college coach transitions from the college ranks up into the NFL. <laughs> will that spread offense translate or will it look like Mouse Davis and the run and shoot, which actually was successful in the NFL as uh, Houston. Uh, but Houston had two running backs, a Hall of Fame quarterback and five wide receivers. And they spread, they used to spread you out. And I'm not talking about the Texans for you youngins. I'm talking about the Houston Oilers with Warren Moon, Mike Rozier, uh, 
who's the other running back? Um, Allen Pinkett, Notre Dame alone. Um, you also had Ernest Givens, Drew Hill. Uh, come on, I know I can name all five. I used to name all five. I can't name all five. Ben chimed in, Spencer Tillman. Y- you had talent. If you got the talent to run Haywood Jeffries, that's the one. And then Webster Slaughter was another one. So that's four. I'm missing one. But you had, if you got the talent to run the spread offense, nothing can stop you because you're going to have to, as a defense, you're going to have to put, you're going to have enough, have to have enough quality DBs to defend that. So we'll see how that uh, translates, but it's a foregone conclusion. They're going to get Trevor Lawrence, Ernest Givens, Hill, Jeffries, Webster Slaughter. That's four. It's one more out of those five. Because Curtis Duncan, that's his name. Those are the five receivers that the Oilers had in the 90s. That any five of those receivers could kill you. They could Ernest Givens would kill you over the middle. Small as he was, he would kill you over the middle, but they could kill you deep too. And it was something about the way uh Warren Moon delivered the ball. That was just, it was epic. That You know, when the ball left Warren Moon's hand, it was like a thump when it left his hand. It was like, it, it was beautiful. It, you know, I, I don't make me gush on Warren Moon. Best power ever. You're damn right, Ben. And he threw a hard ball. It was hard enough that it was catchable, but you could hear it hit receivers' hands. I mean, geez. Don't don't get me gushing on Warren Moon because I can sit here and do it all day long. I still call him the most prolific passer in NFL. I'm sorry, the most prolific passer in football history. Because at one point for a long time, he held the record for most yards in a, in a football career. Not NFL, but football career. And a lot of people try to discount his time in Canada. But he wouldn't have to go to Canada if people weren't so uh, prejudiced and bullheaded. So that's my main. I, I love Warren Moon. Always have. Uh, wish his career could have had a little bit more highs than it did. But, hey, still a Hall of Famer. But uh, the question is, will Urban Meyer's offense translate to the NFL? And he's going to get Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be in that line of – good quarterbacks that urban Meyer has touched and the thing is when urban Meyer has a quarterback he may i i mean i i'm not even gonna lie cardell jones i thought was nfl ready not gonna lie to you i thought cardell jones was nfl ready scouts thought different um he played well in the xfl but it's the xfl uh he had a couple good games in the XFL, you know, before they folded, where they before they before they ceased operations. He was struggling a little bit, but uh, I want to see how this translates. I want to see how he uses Trevor Lawrence. So that's a uh, pretty big damn news. <laughs> Cardell Jones is such a Gibbs QB, hey, I, but that's good. I mean, you think about the, the QBs that Gibbs had. Jay Schrader was, had a strong arm. Doug Williams, strong arm. Uh, Mark Rippon could not throw a short pass to save his life. It was wobbly. It was a wounded duck. It got there. 
But when it came to that deep ball, I don't think anybody in the early 90s threw a better and more accurate deep ball than Mark Rippon. And when they went deep, especially in 91, I think they hit 60% of the time, 70% of the time. It was pretty high. But when it came to deep balls, Mark Rippon could do it. Uh, then you also have Theismann. Um, who else played for Gibbs? Uh, Tom Flick. Kerry uh, Conklin. You know, you we can name quarterbacks all day long that Gibbs has coached. And he made them look like superstars. I remember, uh, not to jump off subject, but this, Ben, you made me think about this when you said a Gibbs QB. This is a couple years ago. I had called, I called into uh, Team 980. I think they were ESPN 980 at the time. And I was talking to Al Gordon. We were talking about franchise quarterbacks. And before Kirk Cousins, who's the last franchise quarterback? And I was like, you got to consider Mark Rippon, the franchise quarterback. He was like, nah, you can't because he only had five good years here. And he only had five years here that were decent. You know, two Super Bowls out of but he was a third stringer in 87, Super Bowl MVP in 91, and then after, what, 93, he was gone. And at 92 and 93 were terrible years. And then uh, you got to go back to Thysman. So before Kirk Cousins, there was it was Thysman was your franchise QB. You know, but these guys, they, they were hard work guys, which was great. And I, I think I, I agree with Cardell Jones, the hard work guy, and I, I would love to see him get another shot. But with uh, Urban Meyer, I, I have been I've been thinking about this since I heard the reports that he was working on uh, a contract. He's putting his staff together, and I'm I'm the first thing I thought of. Okay, number one, he's returning to Florida. I'm sorry, he's returning to the state of Florida. I'm like, okay. That, that that sounds pretty good. All right. But to be all honest, I mean, once the luster wears off, how long is it going to be before he puts the headset down and has to go back into retirement? Now, Urban Meyer is not a young fella by any means. I mean, it depends on what you say, but Urban Meyer is 56. How, how long is it going to be before he has to put the headset down and walk away from the game again? That that that's that's my question. I'm thinking about it as health wise. And Ben says, "Look at the roster. Let me check out Jacksonville's roster." Okay, assuming that. Trevor Lawrence is the pick, which we know he is going to be. Uh, okay, but you also got Gardner Minshew. DJ Chark, yeah. I think they'll go out and get a big-name receiver because it's a lot of receivers coming up. I think they'll go out and, and probably try to land Allen Robinson back. Because um, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's a, a free agent. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Some O-line, I mean, every team needs O-line help. Every team's going to need O-line help. Uh, defensively, they they broke up one of the best defenses that in recent memory was seen. Um, 
secondary. Okay. I mean, they got a team. Hmm. One or two, they're going to have to be very active in uh, free agency. That's most definitely. They got to be active in free agency. Uh, let me see. Urban Meyer, hey, I'm going to see who they – who are they going to get? They uh, Is Jay Gruden going to stay as offensive coordinator? Uh, I'm sure Todd Wash, he got fired early in the season. Who are they going to bring in? to fill out this staff. I would love to see. Yeah, you right, Ben. Urban Ben Urban, this is his best shot. I would love to see his staff. I really would. Because, I mean, and to I'm going to be honest with you. His, his staff, and not to harp on it, it's going to be Joe Gibbs-esque. It's going to be some of the brightest names you've heard probably in college football, maybe even in the NFL. But I, I still think they they may do some damage. They're going to make some noise out there. I just, I'm not on the train to say, well, you know what? They're going to win and they're going to do this. You know, they're going to do that. I, I'm not on a train for that. I want to just wait and see. Uh, other NFL news. <laughs> Still is fired offensive coordinator Randy Fitchner. The Pittsburgh Steelers have fired their offensive coordinator. Fitchner was promoted to OC after Todd Haley's exit in 2018, but Pittsburgh has failed to win a playoff game since that point. The Steelers' offense scuffled, if that's what you want to call it, last season, mostly without Ben Roethlisberger. That was in 2019, and also without Antonio Brown, and it finished 24th in yards for uh, this season after a late season collapse. One and four down the stretch and a first round exit in the playoffs, wild card round, which they should have been, they should have had to buy locked up weeks ago. Uh, Pittsburgh's run game was non existent, putting too much pressure on the aging Ben Roethlisberger. Mike Tomlin will search for an answer at OC ahead of what could be Roethlisberger's final season if he returns. <laughs> and Lady C chimed in. Who didn't see that coming? I mean, once you don't have a run game, you know. And I said this the other night. It's one thing to run the West Coast offense. You can run that until the cows come home, and nobody can stop it when it's run when it's ran right. But you have to have a run game, and they didn't give James Conner the ball. They didn't. It's like it was a lot of things missing. So if that was the case, fine. Bump it. Uh, what ifs, you know? But you, you're going to have to get somebody back that's going to tailor this offense the way Haley tailored it around Ben Roethlisberger to the point where they sat down, they went over the playbook. What plays do you like? What are you comfortable running? What are you not comfortable running? Okay, we can alter this. That's what you need. You don't need some hot shot coming in there telling saying, okay, Ben, yeah, this may be year. What is this? This will be year 17 or 18 going for Ben. This is uh 04 to 2001. 17. Going with well, 18, whatever. But you can't come in there and tell Ben, well, this is how you're going to play. He already knows how to play. Tell your offense to him. Go out and get him a run game. 
get put an offensive line together, get him a running back that's going to help James Conner out because Conner can't seem to stay healthy now. So do something about it. Make it happen. And I think Big Ben will ride off into the sunset next season after a Super Bowl win. So there I said it. I put my prediction out there. Steelers will win the Super Bowl uh, for the 2021 season. And that's what I say. I don't have no problem with that. Uh, Now, this right here that I'm about to get into was big news. Uh, (laughs) Crazy. But uh, we're going to put it out there. James Harden, you know, who had his jersey retired in a Houston strip club. Decided to blow off uh, training camp and uh, came in out of shape. Wasn't ready to work. I mean, people are putting up posts saying that, you know, KD, Mark Henry and a blank spot in the new big three in Boston. I mean, in Brooklyn. Uh, this is absolutely positively probably the last stop for James Harden. I don't care how good he can score. He doesn't play defense. He's a very poor teammate. And that right now, if you got Boogie Cousins calling you out, Boogie calling you out, because, you know, pretty much a lot of people came to Houston to play with Harden. Boogie Cousins calling you out because you're not dedicated, you're not all in. I, I I don't even know what to say, but Harden to Brooklyn, uh, I think Brooklyn gave up too much to get him. Uh, once I seen uh, LeCar- uh, Levert, Karis Levert, that's his name. Once I seen him into this trade, I said, you gave up too much. Now, the Rockets got Oladipo and Dante Exum, four unprotected first-round picks. So that's Brooklyn's first round in 22, 24, and 26, and Milwaukee's in 22. And they swapped four unprotected first-round picks in 21, 23, 25, and 27. The Nets got James Harden. The Pacers got Karis LeVert and a 2023 second round pick from Houston. So looking at it right now, you know, we don't, nobody knows what Kyrie's going to do. And we talked about Kyrie uh, Tuesday night. And, you know, we, we, I asked a question to BJ and Delonte. Is it mental health? Is it a spiritual journey? Are you trying to get a message across? We don't know, but I'm, I, I you know, I, we we all agree. If it is mental health, talk about it. Get yourself some help. If it's a spiritual journey, I understand it, because sometimes when you you go on that spiritual path, you can't take everything with you. And sometimes things that you love, you find out you don't love them. He may not love basketball anymore. Um. It could be a lot with Kyrie. 
and nobody knows when he's coming back. And Delonte just chimed in. He said, mental health likely. I, I can believe it. I, I just, and Kyrie, one thing I know about spiritual journeys, it's when you first start out, everything's open, everything's new. Um, your third eye is open. And when your third eye is open, you 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 receiving a lot of information that you was once blind to. So, you know, you see things differently. And you may say things and people may say, well, what the hell is he talking about? And I think that's what was going on with. Uh... <laughs> he been off his rocker since Kalani dumped him. Well, hey, I mean, going through a breakup, that might be that that might be the break that you need, that psychotic break. I mean, that that happens. So I can get that. But I just, this is crazy. But what do we, everybody's putting Brooklyn ahead of Boston. They're ahead of Philly. And Philly was in, in trade talks first. And they didn't want to, they didn't want to give up Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons was offered. Then they said they didn't want to give him up. I don't know what the, what the hell Philly was doing. But I think Harden would have disrupted the, the team chemistry in Philly. Uh, but everybody's putting Brooklyn ahead of Boston. They're putting them ahead of uh, Milwaukee. You know, they're putting them ahead of all the top teams now just because they got James Harden. But here's my thing. James Harden is not your problem solver. James Harden is a dribbler. You know, he has he's ball dominant. He can't really work off the ball like he should. And I, I'm not knocking the dude. Is he a great scorer? Yeah, you're a great scorer all day long. But when it comes down to a complete player, he is not. He can't defend. Uh, Harden, Harden just ain't it for me. Everybody gushes over the dude. I liked him better when he was an OKC. You know, he was a mini microwave. He can come off the bench and drop 30. You know, he, he he was a supplemental player and relished the role. Sixth man of the year. Then he went to Houston, and everybody say, well, oh, they never had any help. Bullshit. What about when they were in the conference finals? And BJ brought this up in a conversation the other day. They were in the conference finals, and they took the Warriors to seven games. And Chris Paul decided that his, his his hamstring, his quad, whatever, was too badly injured for him to play. That's why they lost that conference finals game. Not because of Harden playing. They had talent. P.J. Tucker. Uh, what's the big boy that was in the middle? Um, God, I can't even remember his name. But they was trying to – he was looking for a big contract. You know, you had Paul. You had Harden. You had all these guys, but they couldn't get past Golden State, and they pushed Golden State to the brink. And I still think if Chris Paul would have actually tucked it out and played that game, they could have won. And if they wouldn't have took 27 threes and went over for 27, they would have won. Then he turns around, he gets Brody. You can't win with Brody. 
So don't tell me that Harden never had any talent around. Clint Capella, thank you, Ben. Don't tell me that Harden never had any talent around him in Houston. Don't, don't knock the team he's leaving from. I hate when people do that. Like when they not people was mad because John Wall got traded. Good riddance to you, bye. But y'all was all on this man's jock and ready to take his jock strap to the cleaner so you could wash it when he was here. But he got traded. Nas, well, we don't need you. Uh, how's that working out for you? And I'll leave it at that. But knocking the team because Harden wanted out, and you could be a fanboy all you want. But numbers don't lie. Stats don't lie. Numbers don't lie. Men and women do, but numbers don't. I, I just, it blows my mind to hear people say things like this. Harden had help. Are they, is he going to be successful in Brooklyn? All depends. Is he going to be ball dominant or is he going to get the ball out of his hands and rack up double doubles? He should rack up a double double every night. I mean, damn, you got KD, which now when Kyrie comes back, Kyrie should be racking up a double-double every night. Like, them boys should be running out there. I don't got them winning 72 games. I don't got them finishing first in the East. I mean, they're, they're, I think they'll be top four, but I don't think they'll finish first. You still got to gel together. Um, I think they'll make the conference finals, but if they do make the NBA finals, they'll get knocked off by the Lakers in four. And that's just how I feel. But throughout this whole trade deal with everybody trade, it's only one person I feel bad for. One person that I feel bad for in this trade scenario. And that's Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo coming back off an of injury, trying to get back to his, you know, former self. Every time he gets going he gets somewhere and he's pretty much balling now don't get me wrong this cat's from dematha grew up in silver spring um so you know he's local he was drafted by the magic three years of the magic soon as he catch on and he starts kind of feeling the nba life and getting himself together boom off to oklahoma Send him to Oklahoma City. He was there for 16, 17. Kind of start gelling and fitting in there. Boom. Send him to Indiana. Now he's coming back. And he carried Indiana on his back when he was healthy. Had help. But he was the main cog. Now, and I think if Nate McMillan was still a coach, he wouldn't be gone. But now he's on to his fourth team in seven years. Like they treat my man like he a journeyman, like he's not, he he's not a baller, like he he's not the type of dude that can you know really get at it. Two time All Star, um, All NBA third team, All NBA defensive first team, most improved player, steals leader in twenty eighteen, All rookie first team. I. I don't understand why he, you know, he's always the the add into the trade, the sweet in the pot. But then when he goes and he balls out, I can guarantee you, if he doesn't leave via free agency, 
within two years, Victor Oladipo is going to be traded again out of Houston because somebody wants to sweeten the pot. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Victor Oladipo not good enough to, to build around? Because I, if you gave me a choice between Victor Oladipo and me being a Bulls fan, between Victor Oladipo and Zach Levine, I'll take Victor Oladipo. Not because I don't like Zach Levine. I mean, he 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 cool. He cool. He cool peoples. He cool peoples. But my thing is, you can score. He he's like Chicago's version of Bradley Bill because he can score 40, 45, and we still lose on most nights. I want somebody that's gonna make the team better. And I didn't really want Zach Levine in that trade anyway. I mean, I never wanted to break up the baby bulls. So let's go back to that. But Victor Oladipo is somebody you can actually build a franchise around. You know, get him some help. Same way you would do Donovan Mitchell. And now Donovan Mitchell is a dog. He's a dog. I'm not saying that, you know, him and Oladipo are shoulder to shoulder. Not right now. But given the, given the opportunity, Oladipo is that dude. I... We all know it. We can see it. Before the injury, we saw it. But he's always thrown in as a deal sweetener for somebody. To, and I, I hate it. But now you got him, John Wall, Boogie. Who else do Houston got? Let me check out Houston roster real quick. I think Houston got the better end of the deal. I'm just going to be honest. I think Houston got the better end of the deal. And they're going to come out maybe, I'll say, top five. They're not going to get the first spot, but top five in the West. I think, you know, it's a short season. Uh, You got Boogie. You got Sterling Brown, Eric Gordon, Daniel House. Maybe he can keep himself together where he doesn't – get sent home. They got Karis LeVert. They got Kenyon Martin Jr., Ben McLemore, uh, P.J. Tucker. Christian Wood is balling out this year, and of course you got John Wall. They got a team down there, and I think Karis LeVert, Victor Oladipo, they gonna have something to prove this year, along with John Wall showing that he's back. Along If Boogie can stay healthy, man, Houston might be the team you might want to watch out for because I don't really in the West outside of Lakers. Who we looking at? I, I mean, out West, who we looking at out, out West, the Lakers, Dallas. Uh, now I'm looking at Houston. Oh, Karis was traded for Oladipo. You absolutely right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Ben. See, that's what I'm talking about. Ben, my man Ben always coming through. That's why I love doing these live shows because I can be corrected right then and there. Karis LeVert was, damn it, why didn't they keep him? I like, I really like Karis LeVert. Like what he did in the bubble last year. Well, it was last year, but last season. What he did in the bubble showed me like he got some heart. He, he, he can roll. Given the opportunity, I mean, you give anybody opportunity, they can ball. I, I like Karis LeVert. So 
you got a little something down there in Houston, minus Karis LeVert, but you got a little something down there. I think this Houston team agreed, but Oladipo gives Houston a chance to make a deadline deal. I, see, that's that's what I'm afraid of. Like, how, how long is it going to be before his career is just put to the point where he's a journeyman? And that I don't not to compare a legend to Victor Oladipo, who's still in the midst of his career. We don't know if he's going to be legendary just yet, but it reminds me of Moses Malone, Bob McAdoo, guys that were traded around a lot. You know, McAdoo went from Buffalo. He played with the Lakers. He played with Boston for a little bit. And, you know, these guys get traded around. Uh, Moses Malone was traded around a lot, too. You know, Philly. Uh, he was in Houston. He went from Houston to Philly. I know he was in Milwaukee. I mean, but these guys now, McAdoo and Malone were all-time greats. No doubt. But they played... McAdoo's career wasn't as long as Moses Malone. Remember, Moses Malone came out of high school. So he played from, what, 74 to 96? I believe he played 22 years, 21, 22 years. So, you know, but it got, it, when does it get to the point that he's a journeyman? Even if he is balling out, when does it get to the point that he's a journeyman? And maybe they will take Oladipo and move him at the trade deadline and get another piece. But I think that, I think honestly, in my honest opinion, that'll hurt Houston because I think he's going to come in there. He's going to ball out and you got a rookie head coach, um, which I, I think that's the problem that, uh, that Harden had. I don't think he really wanted to play for Steven Silas. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. I, I Now he's reunited with Dan Tony up in Brooklyn, who's on Steve Nash's staff. And then speaking of Steve Nash and coaches, Kyrie Irving was upset that they hired Steve Nash and he didn't want Steve Nash as the head coach. But they were supposed to give him input. So how long is it going to be before Kyrie requests a trade? Or is his annex going to say, you know what, we're just going to go ahead and get rid of him. And they wound up trading him, I mean, to Sacramento or something for, like, picks. You know, but with Kyrie and Steve Nash, I don't blame him. Because if you say, hey, we want your input on head coaching hires, and then you – pretty much ghost me when it's time to pick one and you pick who you want anyway it's what they're doing what they did to Deshaun Watson when it came to picking a GM when they promised him one thing he wants out of Houston and that's Deshaun Watson I'm not surprised I wouldn't be surprised if Kyrie wanted out of Brooklyn because of this and I'm just being honest um man only time will tell. It's not a 82-game season. It's a 72-game season. So we shall see how this plays out for the Rockets, 
how it plays out for Brooklyn. I don't think this is going to be – this doesn't mean that Brooklyn's going to win an NBA championship. If you think that, I got some beachfront property in Utah that's for sale. Holla at me. Because as good as KD is, he's the star. KD's the alpha now. Because Kyrie's absent. And, and you you right, Delonte. Kyrie is burning his, his bridges team by team. Of course they hate him in Boston. You're absolutely right. Yes. You know, how many games did he actually play in Boston? And let's, let's pull that up before we get out of here. How many games did he actually play in Boston? <laughs> You're damn right it wasn't a lot. <laughs> it wasn't a lot at all. Let me see. In Boston, he played 60 in 2017, 2018, and 67. 127 out of a possible 164. Um, Yeah. He was balling this year in Brooklyn, played 20 games. Uh, he was averaging 27.4 points a game. Not, I mean, damn, man. You, you, you hate to you hate to see a young fella do it like this as a talented young fella such as Kyrie you hate to see it go like this but I you kind of figured that something was off when he took a shot at LeBron because he got KD and don't get me wrong KD is you know easy money sniper and he one thing he is easy money you get him from that elbow in, easy money. But if he's feeling it, he can step behind that three-point line and shoot and knock it down. And I don't care what anybody says. You can say KD is only 6'9", 6'10". That dude's about 7'1", 7'2". Officially. To handle a ball like a guard, he can put the ball on the floor and go past you. But he's the alpha now. How is that going to, how, how is him being the alpha going to mesh with uh, James Harden, who's used to being the alpha? But he got to take a backseat role again to KD because this is KD's team. How the Brooklyn Nets goes, how KD goes. Well, vice versa. How the KD goes, how the Brooklyn Nets go. So. Time will tell. Uh, we will revisit this in the next week or so to find out what they are looking like. Because Cleveland, I'm Cleveland. I'm looking at Cleveland because uh, Brooklyn, um, they not they're not playing the greatest uh, of basketball right now. Uh, last time I checked, this is a, I think this is like last week. They were five and six. Now they're seven and six. Um, number six overall in the East. Um, in the last 10 games, they're five and five. Let's be honest. They should be playing better ball than that. Uh, I think they don't play again until Saturday. I think that's it. And Brooklyn has uh, De DeAndre Jordan who I don't think is 
as good as he was in uh hell with the clippers so this is what we got to look at we got to look at brooklyn and compare brooklyn after this trade we're going to compare brooklyn to houston and my money is on houston finishing with the better record than brooklyn brooklyn's going to be scrappy they're going to fight kd is going you know put him on his back and lead him but how far is he going to be able to lead him is the question because you still got teams that you got to worry about in the east uh you still got to worry about the celtics the sixes the bucks the magic um the heat will catch fire uh the hornets are going to catch fire i know that's going to happen the hawks are going to catch fire and even the Knicks are, are sort of playing well. They're five and seven right now. So you got a lot of competition out there. But I'm not sold on Brooklyn winning the championship at all. So I'm going to go ahead and put a pen in it right there. Um, that's going to be it for me tonight. Thank you all for joining me. Uh, we are, well, I say we, but. The WrestleManiacs are on hiatus, possibly until after Royal Rumble. Uh, scheduling conflicts, we got some things going on. So, but we ain't gone nowhere. We just gotta we gotta get some things straight. You know, a lot of traveling and working and things. So, WrestleManiacs will be back soon. Uh, but until then, we got divisional round playoffs Saturday and Sunday. Um, don't forget to check out Sunday Rise. Uh. Matter of fact, maybe, just maybe, tomorrow night, maybe a 15-minute show, uh, Delonte, Ben, see if we can corral BJ, and we might be able to, you know, put some picks in for Saturday, and then we'll throw out, you know, of course, we got the Sunday rise on Sunday, we'll throw our Sunday picks in there, and then we'll start the work week off right, all right? So until then, I'm the big guy, KG. Don't do no overtime. As you can see, I am under an hour. I'm only at 42 minutes, so no overtime tonight. I am out of here.